What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Future Leads Podcast, where every Friday, not only we talk about this lovely game of football slash soccer, but we also talk about life. I'm your host, Farsha, and before we start this episode, I have a huge announcement. This is our 11th episode, and we just surpassed number 10 last week. And I just want to say thank you, thank you so much to each and every one of you for taking time and listening to every episode and hopefully taking value from it. And of course, sharing it with your friends and family members. Obviously, we're just getting started and I will be interviewing so many more amazing guests. Speaking of amazing guests, our today's guest is a very, very special one. He, not only he's a very dear friend of mine, he's also been a very great mentor in my coaching career so far. And he has Years on years on years of coaching experience all over Europe and also America. He has directed many teams and clubs, so he has a lot of experience. And ladies and gentlemen, he is very big on youth development. And that is why I truly believe you will find a lot of value in today's episode. But without further ado, let's welcome Franz Arts. Franz, thank you so much for being on today's episode. How are you? I'm very good. Thanks for the invitation. I've been looking forward to this moment for, uh, awesome. for quite a while. Thank you very much for having yeah. me. Awesome. Likewise. Um, so why don't you just uh, tell the audience a bit about yourself and we will get uh, into our questions. Franz Ars, born in uh, 1956. So I just turned uh, 65 years old a few months ago. After uh, playing 35 years on a field and indoors futsal, uh, my neighbor actually got me into uh, youth soccer. He, his dad was uh, a president of a club in Holland. Uh, I grew up in Holland. And he was uh, asking me if I would help him with a youth program. He said that I had a gift. And the gift was that I could really communicate very well with very young soccer players. Uh, that said, I started in, in Maastricht, Holland, um, coaching uh, very young kids. Uh, through the years, I've been working two years in Holland. Then we moved, my wife and me, to Luxembourg. I've been coaching six years over there. I think I was the only... Uh, soccer coach that would say I'm a professional soccer coach. It means like my profession was uh, soccer coaching. Uh, stayed there for six years. Did uh, like said, several programs, several uh, clubs and teams. Worked for uh, a team that played in the highest uh, division in Luxembourg. Also was coaching adults. So I got a feeling not only for the one youth soccer, but also for the other adult uh, soccer, which starts in, uh, in, in, in Europe at 16 years old. And it really became my passion. Every day being on the field was, was really, you know, my passion. That's what I always wanted. And, and finally, it all came together. In um, 2005, we moved to the States. Uh, there were some uh, reasons for my wife to go there. And I decided to uh, get a, an, an American youth soccer license. And that immediately brought me to the club and a sports organization over here. I started working for Bethesda Soccer Club. I was working for Headfirst, who does uh, a lot of summer camps. 
And I became also a director for the youth program of uh, Tokyo Juniors Club from originally Argentina. Same thing again, working on, uh, on soccer every day and through the years. And now um, it has been 25 years of, of coaching. I ended up with a lot of clubs, a lot of programs. And to be honest, I'm doing a lot with very, very, very young kids in the age of four, five, six, seven, and eight. Uh, my biggest passion is still the youth between 12 and 16 to develop them, make sure that they have fun and that they go to the highest possible level, which is different for, for everybody. So again, thank you very much for the invitation. And after, uh, let's say, 25 years of coaching soccer, I finally made it to a kind of studio with a kind of interview, which I'm really looking forward to. <laughs> yeah, likewise, likewise. Um, so what is what is uh, youth development to you? Because you did uh, touch base on you want to help the youth develop better. But what does it mean to you uh, exactly? What is youth development to you? Well, for me, youth development means that, you know, we all talk about having fun. And that's, I think, is very important. How more fun you have in something, how more you can develop. And that also basically comes back a lot to, to the coach. You as a player have to be open for it. And that is the start, I think, from everything. But if you have fun, you also, let's say, can develop. How much can you develop? I don't think that, you know, the hours or the number of practices are always deciding how good you can be and how much you can develop yourself. But there has to be a certain structure you have to have let's say, body-wise, the body to develop something in a certain sport. Uh, I tried cycling once and it didn't work. I was too tall. The bike didn't fit to me. It, it just didn't work. Why is, is soccer working? Well, if you have that, that body-wise in yourself and that mind-wise in yourself, then somebody else comes in and tries to develop that body and tries to develop that mind. That is a good coach. And that is developmental coaching, making you and bringing you to the level and taking the best out of you as well with your body, as well with your mind. So for me, developmental means that you help somebody else physically, mentally to get better and develop himself into the level, the highest possible level for that player. And that sometimes is and stops with rack and sometimes is and, and brings you to become a professional or a semi-professional soccer player. I love that. Yeah. So, I mean, at that, uh, for the ages, it differs because you did mention on the, like, you got to make sure they all have fun. So as they get older, it gets a little bit trickier because you want to, they want to learn more, but they still want to have fun. So it gets a little more serious, but they still need to have fun. So how do you manage? Because you said 12 to 16, that's your uh, favorite age. And I believe from that age group, it gets more um, trickier because you have to adjust that fun and bring it down a little bit and put more learning to it. So how do you go about uh, coaching, developing that age group? Let me talk about the younger age groups first, because most of the kids okay. who go to, let's say, U12, 13, 14, 15, 16, already started in the age group before. My philosophy with a club is that we let every player play as much as possible 
without giving too many instructions at the younger ages. And with young, I mean five, six, seven years old. That to me is essential. That is not possible in REC because over there, they just want to have fun, fun, fun. And we should keep it in the park. But as soon as they come to an older age group, eight, nine, and 10, I think you're absorbing everything that is in your body and in your mind. I think that every age, nine and 10 year old can learn as many languages as you can put in there. And that's the same with, with sport, you're enjoying the sport. And that said, if you come to an older age group, we should go back again. Kids are struggling with so many things in their head. They're getting so much information. They're getting, let's say, lessons from their parents. They're getting lessons from their uh, teachers. They, they have to learn, they have to listen. In soccer, I think if you do a good basics and let everybody have the freedom to develop in four, five, six, seven years old, and then start teaching everybody in eight, nine, ten years old, then it becomes time at that moment to say, you have the basics, now I just want to have and make sure that you have fun, which is not always the philosophy of the coaches, because the coaches think that they are very important and they're working with talented players. Well, the talent out of the player comes out of the player and not always out of the coach. And I can tell you when you're working with 12 or 13 year olds and you master them in like talking too much to them and giving them too many, let's say, uh, instructions, they're getting very confused. And if you make the step not to do that, but let them develop themselves with some little instructions and making sure that if you approach them as young adults, that I think that that's the way I was always working with talented 12, 13, 14-year-old players. That said, it also should be necessary that you have the right talent to be able to bring that to that level. It's something different if you're working for a club like Batasta or FC Virginia, or you're working with a club where the travel level, unfortunately, is not that high. That makes the coaching in those age groups very difficult sometimes. I think I had the easiest jobs in working with kids, kids that were very, very talented. And if you have a group of very, very, very talented kids in 12, 13, 14, let them play. You help them, but not you, you be there as like making corrections every 10 seconds because that's not coaching at that age group. I think you should help them. I love that. I love that. Um, what if the talent is not there now? How would you help the kids better? How could you develop them since the talent is not there yet? I always approach um, not only the player, but also the parents for several seasons. What is our plan that we, let's say, make together? We have a certain target. We try to get that target done. If for no matter what kind of reason we don't get to that target, then we should say, shake hands and say, you probably already reached your limit for now. Mm-hmm. Let's look at it for another season. But if after the result, what we both expect, then we should consider transferring you to another level um and that is of course a hard decision because you also step into the mind of this kid 
And sometimes it's a growth process uh, that he's making through. His body is changing, his mind is changing. So that's why I always say when somebody comes to a certain team, what is your expectation? And what do I expect from you to, to develop and grow together? Because you also grow as a coach. I, every, every year, every season that I step on the field, I'm, I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning from other players, from other parents, from other situations. Look at now, you're learning from COVID that there is something out there that is stronger than that is out there. So that's the same way you approach a player and say, if we have and if we want to go to a certain target, if we don't make that target, we give it another time, one to three months, another half of a season. But then at the end, we should accept, both of us, that your level is, is, is not there. And then he, he or she can, can that comes back in a later life with high school soccer, with college soccer, with senior professional or professional comes back as well. There are professional soccer players that really can play, but they have a, a time that it's not going, then they don't play, and then they have to deal with that as, as well. I think the target setting is important. Know what you want to do in the next one to three years. Know what you want to do in the next one to three months. Know what you want to do in the, in the next one to three seasons. And if the target is not made, then you have to study harder. You have to be a better person in a family situation. Or you have to work harder or being smarter as, as a soccer player. Yeah. I really like how you approach that, though. Like, it's not a lot of uh, coaches are direct like that, right? They're kind of, like, sugar-coated. But you basically set the target. You told them, okay, here's what we're going to do. If we don't reach it, then it's not for right now. But we're going to work more uh, harder on the next one. I really like how you approach it. It's very um, the direct. Uh, approach is very um, effective in my opinion that when you're honest with them they tend to understand it better and they tend to know what they need to do because if you sugarcoat they're just gonna be like oh i'm good yeah I, i'm gonna reach that level even though in reality they might not i really like that um so i was watching a documentary way back about ix's um uh development and youth and Obviously, they're very good at um, developing soccer players, young soccer players. Um, and they were basically saying they had scouts that went to different games for six, seven-year-olds and watching them how to play, right? And they were scouting them from, a, from that young age. And they brought them to their club, their academy to grow them, to nurture them. And that's very, very interesting to me how they start scouting at such a young age. Do you think that will be effective in America? Um, there is a very big success story to, to Ajax. Um, they're famous all over the world. Um, how do you make a, a 15, 16, 70-year-old person being responsible for the defense in, in a team? Uh, the young went very young to Barcelona. It's amazing how he plays. He's 21 years old. Uh, the Licht, he went uh, to Juventus. He's basically running the defense over there. If you do something like that, if that is your 
marketing schedule. If that's your curriculum, then you have to start coaching very young um, and, and create these players that are, by the way, not machines because they, they lit, really let them develop in their head as well. One thing is absolutely for sure. If you go to Ajax, you have a lot of quality. So the scouting is, is very important. How to find the best players. Now, it's not Ajax because of Ajax. It's Ajax as well because of the Dutch system. All the coaches that we have in Holland are mostly working very technical. So if a kid is 10 years old, he or she can really work with a soccer ball. And once you have that, the step to making it to an academy, not only from Ajax or Feyenoord or PSV, but also clubs that are in, in the lower uh, divisions, you still are very good with your techniques. That for us is the basic for everything. And if you take the best players out of that big pool of technically very good players, that's already a big advantage for you. And everybody wants to become a professional soccer player. And I think they also understand that it's much easier to work with a seven and eight year old person than it is with a 11 and 12. You have to create that, that mentality already and, and that technical background already in an early age. And, and if, you, if you start working with somebody when he or she is 12 years old, that is just too late. But make sure they have the right quality over there. Then you can really develop them into good soccer players. And by the time that they're 11, 12, you can just let them develop and give little corrections because the basics is there anyway. Would it work in America? To be honest, I did my best in the last 15 years. I worked for a lot of clubs as well in, 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 in Washington, D.C., as well in, in Maryland, as well in Virginia. There is just not enough coaches over here that really can work in a technical way in, at their clubs. You really need extra time, you need extra education for the coaches to ever change this. I did a, a curve technique training course in, in, in Belgium. Funny, but at what I was at that moment in Belgium. And it really opened my eyes. Really, really necessary for a kid to do this. But it is, and we don't do it enough. Unfortunately, it's on this. So you have to have a certain connection over there with the technical side of, of soccer. Luckily enough, that is something that I see, the difference between now and 15 years ago. When I came to the stage, I, I was the average coach. 45, 50 years old. Um, you know, the last 15 years in, in the coaching. Now I see young coaches like yourself working with young kids, your their motivation. They copy everything you do at Safe Barca. If you do something, they will copy it. If you say something, they will copy it. So I hope that the new generation of American coaches understands what the new development 
in in soccer is. And I understand that a lot of quality comes out of the computer. I, I accept and respect computer coaches and data coaches because it's really, really, really necessary uh, working with, with FCV at the academy level. It is really necessary, but you cannot perform it if you don't have the background. So I hope that America is going to start as young as possible with finding the right players at the right clubs and the, finding the right coaches and that combination, coaching the technique and the tactics. And then I think America, with so many youth players, has a bright future. But, but they're not there yet. Yeah, 100% I agree with you. What do you mean by um, computer coaching? you uh, elaborate on that? Well, for me, computer coach, first of all, just mean like I could never um, imagine 15 years ago when I came here that I even in my age would be on, on the field with, with a phone in my hand uh, because I get all the instructions about that one and a half hour counted down to the minute what we should do. I, I could do the training, but like I said, it was all planned in like to the minute. Right. Paper. That was paper 25 years ago and 15 years ago. And it's still for some coaches paper. But I call computer coaches the coaches that do the new courses on computer, getting education from the US Soccer Federation. And, and those coaches using the trainings that they can pick up from the good clubs like Arsenal and, and Barcelona and Ajax to say, I want to see how I can bring the level as high as possible from my, in, in the information what I can get out of my computer or out of my phone. So in, in that sense, that is the difference from now and, and, and 15 years ago, 15 years ago, everything was still on, on paper. Now, yeah, everybody has his phone in his hand and is using a laptop and looking at the latest results from the GPSs um, that I even experienced with, with the youth players over here in, in Virginia. All right, we're going to take a quick break from the podcast. And if you're enjoying this episode so far, please share it with your friends and family as it's the only way we can grow this podcast. Well, besides leaving five-star reviews. <laughs> Thank you in advance. And now let's get back to the podcast. That's yeah. what I call no, the computer generation. Yes, yes. I, yes, I totally agree because, I mean, you have to adapt to whatever is happening in the world and the technology is definitely helping the uh, it's helping the world, but most definitely in soccer as well, like the GPS that you mentioned. Um, there's some uh, ankle strap, ankle tracker that you just uh, put on your cleats, and it calculates every single thing you do, whether it's uh, how many touches you take, how many dribbles, um, how many, what's your distance, and that's, that's crazy. Um, 100% agree with you. It's definitely going to change um, how players develop because now they can see what their progress is like and now they can set more goals and those targets that you mentioned uh, a little bit earlier um they can do that and it's going to help them more but i want to go back to the coaching part for 
younger coaches. What is your advice on the young for the younger coaches? Obviously, they have better influence on the younger kids because the age difference. They're like, oh, he does it or she does it. I'm gonna do it because they know better. But their coaching experiences are not as much as the older coaches, right? So, what do you think um, we should focus on as young coaches for the youth development? Is it more of a um, technical uh, side or is it something else? What do you think the younger coaches need to focus on uh, more? Don't focus on, on age. Don't think that an older coach knows more than a younger coach. That is per definition not, not always true. There's more experience and, and mostly more live experience. I remember when I met you, the first thing that I said was, Passa, try to separate yourself from the average coach. Make it that you get the education that you need to separate yourself. The only few opportunities that I making something, what I really thought was, was fantastic, was becoming the assistant coach of the coach of a national team. I don't know if I ever told you that story, but because I did not have the education, the coach said, but the federation said, said no. So I think that education, especially in a younger coaching age group, is very essential. And you guys sitting behind the computer every day. So spend that hour a day, spend that 20 minutes a day, spend that five hours a week, that one hour a week that you have left on your education. Be realistic with the level that you're working with. If everything what I said before in this program, if I would execute that in a rec program, this would absolutely not work. You can do tricks in front of a rec kid and he or she would start laughing because she will think that you're a clown and that she or never be able to do that. Do that talented kid who is maybe a little bit older, then they're going to start trying to do that. I think the combination of yourself and the chemistry that you have with the players, that is very essential. So what Barca should do, what any coach should do in, in, in who is younger, Try to get the best out of themselves. Try to make a plan. What am I going to do in the next three years? Make that plan realistic and not like just somewhere in the clouds. Find the right team or the right organization get that established. And promise yourself that you're going to get the best out of the kids and the best out of yourself. And if that comes with a combination of a smile and knowledge and a realistic view, guess what? Also, the parents are going to believe at one point you need to talk to these parents as well. And they are going to ask you your opinion. They're going to be thinking that they have the new Messi in the family. So you have to convince them that that is absolutely not true, that they have to be really realistic with the level that the kids are. Um, so that is also you have to work on your on yourself and, and grow up for yourself and 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 become one of these families. And, and I know that have a big part of that. There's also coaches that are older than you and that the parents, the players, 
and other coaches don't take them serious because they don't know what they're talking about. And talking is not only talking, talking is also doing something. You know, uh, I know you from being on the field. And that is our playground, the playground for the player and for the coach. And that's where it all happens. So that's where you develop. And when you go home, you develop at home with the education that you're, that you're doing. I'm still learning every day. I'm preparing every training for, let's say, a rack under five program. You think I need that? No, I don't. But I need it because I want to have a backup plan. If there is rain like yesterday, or there is uh, another level, or there is more kids than I expected, or there is less coaches than I expected. So I'm still learning every day. And that has nothing to do with age. I think that is what you need to become a coach, a good soccer coach anyway. And that's what America needs, good soccer coach. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that. That's more of a discipline, in my opinion, rather than um, burning on that part. Because you're having the discipline, you're disciplining yourself to push yourself a little bit harder. Like you said, like for U5 rec, you don't need to do all of that, but you're disciplining yourself just because it will make you a better coach to be prepared, extra prepared, and just being over the, uh, just uh, waiting for the uh, experience, like uh, expecting the, what is it called? The worst to happen, right? So you're prepared for any situation, any scenario. And that's that's great. And I'm definitely going to take that uh, as a great advice because I'm going to stick to that for sure. Um, So I, uh, you mentioned like the the organizations and what they want. And I know you have had experience with, um, you still do, directing teams and become a technical director um, of clubs and teams. So why don't you tell us a bit about uh, what it actually is, what technical director is, and what are some challenges that may uh, come with that uh, position? Um, It all starts with the education. So you should have on paper that you are a technical director or a director of coaching. There is a, an education with, with the U.S. Soccer Federation. That was, that was a step that I really wanted to do. I, I did not need to have an A license to promise or to prove myself. I already had, and, and at that moment, the teams that I wanted. I had two travel teams with, with, a, with a very good club playing in, in, in a very nice level. And I thought, okay, how can I make myself still better? And, and director of coaching, that was actually the education. And it became technical director with several other clubs. You are responsible for coaches in most of the cases. That's how uh, the clubs often see it. Uh, the president of the club, the director of the club, does not always know how to hire the best people in, 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 in a technical way. Um, he just can look at their education and say, we only take um, A, B, and C licensed coaches. Uh, that is a good step, but you need somebody that knows the in and outs of, of coaching and coaching players and coaching boys and girls, because often it's, it's, it's split, but it also can be like that you're responsible for the boys and the girls uh, program. 
and different age groups. So mostly you are, you know, a person that has already all of that education and all of that experience. And once you combine it with, with the things like your personality, uh, you know, and, and your knowledge and your vision. Um, when I went to a club, my story was always clear. I told them what I would do there if they would hire me, what I would like to, let's say, work on in the next one, two, three, four, five years. So you're also protecting the culture of the, of, of the club. Um, and that means that you don't have to become champion in every age group. That means that you try to establish a solid, let's say, technical program. And what you normally do is that you put that on paper, deep detailed or very limited to a text. I work for clubs where I had to bring in all the trainings for all the coaches, all the age groups. And you had clubs, they said, no, we don't do that. We don't make that public. We only make a text public, which is like one page. And you tell what your vision, your technical vision is with that club and what you try to work on together with these coaches. And then in mostly monthly uh, meetings with coaches, you try to make a program with, with, with them. That is mostly what a, what, a, what a technical director does, a, a protector of the culture of the club, uh, making sure that the technical side, the coach's side is covered with good uh, coaches and establish mostly a technical curriculum for the program that, that they have. My experience is as well that at the end you're coaching five teams because they, the clubs mostly think that they're bringing in somebody with a lot of experience. I had clubs that I went to soccerplex on a Saturday and Sunday and saw 15 games. And I could only do that on one location, but I had to analyze all the players. And that is that was my job as well. Analyze all the players and make sure that they are developing and that you have a good communication with the fans. But all on the technical side. Got it. Yeah. That that sounds like a good kind of challenge. I like that because you're basically overseeing other coaches and at the same time you're make overseeing the players as well. Which is um, correct. So let's say let's say the one team is not following the the instructions that you set out as a technical director. How would you how would you um go about that? Like how would you communicate with the coach and the players to get back on the on the same page as you? It's 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 a mixed question. To be honest with you, I never had that experience. Hmm. If, 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 yes, if teams go another direction that what you want as a coach, what you want as a technical responsible person, as a, as, as a club, there is something wrong already before. Because before you start working with each other, you already have a meeting with everybody and everybody knows what's going to happen in that plan. The only few times that this did happen was that the coach was not prepared for the season, the parents didn't know what to expect, the players didn't know what to do, and the club just took that team because. 
So it mostly doesn't happen because all of the ingredients are well organized or it happens and it's because there is no communication. You have to set a target and then it's very easy. Just You just follow the instructions and the ingredients that were set up by the parents, the coach, the club, and the curriculum. So I, I, I maybe I was lucky, I don't know, but I never had the feeling, what are we doing? Why do I have to step in? And I knew already that the only way that I had to step in would be with a coach that was not prepared. That's why you need to prepare everything. I, I had meetings with parents every three weeks. And everybody's like, why do you do that? I said, well, to make sure that there's no problems. I asked the parents, what can we do better? And, and the parents were basically always saying, stick to the plan that we made before the season. And if I had to come in, then it was mostly, well, what, what happened? Yeah, the coach did not or does not have a plan. We don't know what, what's, what's going to happen. And that comes back in the training. If you're not prepared in the training, the training is a disaster. That comes back in the preparation for a game. The result cannot be there because it's not, there's no preparation. And then you're going to get a problem. So for me, a coach that I see that already did not prepare his training, did not prepare his season, did not prepare his weekly or three-weekly meetings, that to me, you know, is 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 almost impossible. So I, I immediately nip that down and say, you have to prepare, you have to talk to the parents before there is a crisis. And that I, I think is also a, an approach in, in, in coaching. You prepare everything, you, you, you know what to do. And then there are, there are no, no surprises. That, is, that always has been my vision. As long as I'm on the field, I will, I will be prepared and then you avoid and or to avoid let's say problems with with coaches if a coach has a problem then i hope he he, he comes to me and we find a solution together but it's mostly because of non-preparation for either the season the lesson the training or the game i love that and I honestly don't think you got lucky. It's the way you approach things. And I, from experience that I've seen, you're very firm. And it's a good type of firm that you are basically telling people what the goals are, what the targets are. And that's it. Like, and they just have to, since you're the technical director, you, you're setting down those examples. And when they see that, they want to follow that, that same footstep to be prepared, be on the right path, you know? So I honestly don't think that was luck. That's just your ability to lead the people. And I, I love that um, a trait of yours is very, very powerful. And I'm aspiring to get on that level as well. <laughs> but um, what is, uh, so I was, uh, I really want to ask this question. So you, obviously you have had many coaching experiences, both in Europe and America. Now, if you were going to set up your own academy, set up your own foundation of soccer, what traits would you pick from each one of those experiences that you think would make a whole great, like the ideal 
academy, the ideal foundation of soccer for the youth development? I think that 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 comes with the wish that that every player has that comes to an academy. Most of the the players that go to an academy have a target, and the target is play in high school, uh, play in a travel team, play in eventually college. Even a lot of players that I've been working with have said, "I want to be a professional. What what do I have to do?" Um, the, the perfect academy is a place where, first of all, you only work with players that you can bring them to the level that you and the player mark down on basically a piece of paper and say, this is where we're going to work on. And this is to reach your goal. If your goal is to play high school, then I, as an academy coach, think that you can make that. And these are the steps that we have to work on together to achieve that goal. If somebody comes to you and says, I want to become a professional soccer player, and you think that that is not possible, then you should tell that person that you think that it's better to go to another place that not only you, but maybe somebody else also is going to tell him or her that the professional soccer player is not the one that only can come to an academy. Then you really have to have almost everything already over there. And you, Barca, can only make that person 10% better, not 50. So you have to have the knowledge to reach out to the one person that says, for me, high school is the target and the other person. And if you have that in, or those ingredients in your academy, then you're a perfect academy. But you also have to accept and respect that not everybody has the quality that they think they're going to be developing in and that they hope. I was hoping that I would become a professional soccer player. But when I was 13, I saw that I was never going to make it. And I accepted that because there were in my team, which was an acceptable team, there were five, six, seven kids that were much better than me and really on a level that I thought, I'm never going to make that. And I never made that. And they did. They played in, you know, clubs and in, in professional soccer clubs and semi-professional soccer clubs. But I saw it. Now, if you see it as a coach and, and you don't, and the player doesn't see it, then you have to help the kid. If the kid sees it, but you don't see it, or the parents only see it, they need help. They need knowledge. They need understanding. Don't think that you can make somebody 50% better. Most of the kids that are making it to a higher level, and now I'm talking about college, know by the age of 12, 13, 14, 15, where am I? I'm playing in a Division two travel team, playing NCSL. They know if they're not in the top one, two, three of their team, it's going to be very difficult to make it eventually to, to college. But if they accept that, 
then they're playing on the level that they basically want. They, they just want to play travel. Well, if, if that's what somebody wants, then you have a good academy. An academy should bring somebody to the level that the academy coach and the player both want to achieve in the next half year or year or three years. That's why I believe that somebody that comes to an academy, to your academy, let's say, that says, we have a plan for the next two years. And, and what is the plan? Can we both execute that? And if there's something that is breaking in that chain or whatever, then you know, you should accept that from both sides. So for me, a good academy is bringing somebody to the level, the highest possible level, through the coach with the player. And have the right type of people with the right type of knowledge for their needs. Right, like if they want to go pro, obviously you want to have uh, coaches that are familiar with that level of experience. Yes, hundred percent correct. I did not see more than three players in the last fifteen years that I thought, with a lot of work, they could make it professionally in 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 Europe. Not more than three, four, five. But 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 I'm honest. I'm I'm honest with everybody. If they say is is this my top, and I think there's still a lot of development, then I say no. Let's work together because I I think you can do much better and and make sure that you have the right coaches and the right coaching for that. There's also players who, who think that they're already at a very high level, but comparing to what I see in Europe, I, I was half a year in Spain. There were 75 players from, from America. They were um, studying over there. They were doing an online uh, course. Um, they had to go mandatory, mandatory to, um, to school over there to learn Spanish. And beside that, they were getting a daily training, a soccer training from not only me, but also other coaches, coaches that were connected to Mabelia Soccer Club and coaches that were uh, working for an English language school over there. So there was a diversity of, of players. There was also a big diversity of levels. All these players played on a very good level, but very good doesn't mean on a professional level. And the soccer education, to become players over there and seen by several different coaches from different uh, European clubs. Um, so that was why they spent time over there. It's a combination of education and high level training for players that want to go and try to get to a semi-professional or professional kind of soccer. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I feel like isn't that both? I feel like that's both um, education for you as a coach and also the players that moving abroad from U.S. to let's say Spain to see how what's the level of play on that side, right? Because it's on a whole other level. And same goes with coaching. Like you said, you were seeing different ways of uh, coaching over there, and so I feel like. Those are great opportunities. And how would how would a coach uh, 
approach that kind of opportunity? How can one coach go abroad and uh, help and help a team? It doesn't have to be like semi-pro or professional, but like how can a pro, uh, coach, let's say in America, go to another country to further uh, their education? You can go to several clubs and just make a contact with the club and say, this is my coaching experience. This is my time commitment that I can do. Um, this is my background in education. And there are a lot of clubs that really, really are very proud to show what I call their kitchen, meaning like where, where is everything happening? That should not be a, a three-day trip where you see the stadium. It's not about the stadium. Right. It's about the field next to the stadium where it's all happening on, on, on the field. And if you have that opportunity for to follow a club for like a week, that is absolutely a possibility. Um, you just have to contact the clubs. What I first would do is contact the U.S. Soccer Federation because they can really help you that when you say, okay, I have a D license and I want to go to Europe. It's much easier to do that with an A license than with a D. Um, so it, also your timing should be good. Uh, am I 25 or 65 right now? Um, do I have three days to go or can I stay for two weeks and try to visit three clubs? The Soccer Federation can help you with that. Uh, but you have coaches that directly say, hey, I have a dream. My dream is Ajax. I would like to see that Ajax playground where all these kids are and where all these coaches work and can I stand there on the sideline? And you, you can, I know that, but you, you always have to contact the club. And in this situation, I would always contact the U.S. Soccer Federation first. Um, it, it's not like in the old days anymore where you just knock on the door and, and, and you're welcome. They would like to know who, they, who is there. Um, yeah. There is a lot of protection about the systems. There was a lot of protection with, with COVID. There was a lot of protection in that not everybody is welcome. But if you're going there for education, coaching education, every club in all the countries that I've been working for, they were even proud to have, especially Americans, because they know that Americans always want to learn. So in that sense, they would be proud to, to, to accept that invitation. Love that, love that. Thank you. Thank you for the, the, the values uh, I'm hearing right now. I hope the listeners are taking value in this as well. Um, so I always ask this question from every one of the interviewees. And it's basically, if you could take out one trait away from today's coaching and add or replace a positive way, a positive trait to today's coaching, what would you take out and what would you replace it with? You mean between, I, I would take something out of the European system and integrate that into the American system? That could be it. I was just saying, like, basically, uh, what in coaching general, right? Europeans, uh, American, yes. whatever. What do you think yeah. is should just be replaced with? Well, I, I, 
I certainly need another hour to answer this question because I think <laughs> there's a lot of ingredients that there are big benefits in, in, in America. First of all, you have, as a coach, so many opportunities. It really opens up a complete other world, which is impossible in Europe. Um, over there, the competition is, is very high, but it's also soccer programs are mostly almost free. So the, the financial situation, if that ever, ever, ever could be taken out of the soccer in, in America, of, of any sport in America, and I know that it is not possible, but that, that to me is an ingredient that has nothing to do with that smile on the face of a three-year-old. You know, that, that, is, that has nothing to do with, with that, that person that made it at Ajax and now goes to Barcelona and, and has American blood and American heart. And, but the financial thing is, is something that, that, one of the things, one of the, the many things that, that has to get out of there, that everything should be happening out of your heart and out of your mind and out, out of the, the love of the game and, 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 and in coaching, make, making that, that four, five, six-year-old smile like, like crazy because you know it's so much fun in what they're doing unfortunately and that is um also you know a fact there's a lot of things and opportunities in america because there is a financial system that says if you are coaching then you can make your money out of that you can really you know work without being or connected to a professional uh, club um, I think if I had to choose for youth soccer or for MLS, I would take youth soccer because it's 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 much more motivating. But I respect the people who, who work in the MLS. Now in Europe, everybody or almost everybody wants to become a professional soccer player, not only because of the fame but also because of of the money you make. Basically, in ten years, which in that profession where you normally, if you would be an architect or somebody who does construction, have to work your whole life for. Um, that, of course, is also very interesting for, for young players. But that's absolutely not the motivation. Motivation is that love for the game and, and, and giving people you know, an opportunity to, to watch other people performing in what they're doing. And that shows, I think, what... What, what people want to. But again, if, if I would, would have the opportunity, then I could have that question and say, what would you change into American uh, way and in the European way? Then I really need another, another hour. <laughs> and then we only do that question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll be on the next episode with you for sure. I'm looking forward to that one. But, um, man... Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your time, first of all, and the value that you just gave, not only to me, but to the audience as well. Um, if anyone wants to reach out to you with other questions or inquiries, how can they uh, find you? Um, I love to talk about soccer. So I think that everybody's more than welcome to to reach out to me and, and have questions. 
I can I can promise you one thing. I'm gonna be honest in everything I say. I give my honest opinion, and that that to me has been always my yeah view in soccer. Um, I'm sure that everybody uh, that has a question knows to find you. You have my phone number. You have my email address. I give you permission to give everybody um, my phone number. When it comes to soccer questions, um, yeah. so and and the same with uh, with, with email, if, if it's about soccer, that's my twenty four seven thing. So thank you very much for the opportunity. Um, it, it was a great pleasure. And if I listen to your other pod, podcasts, then it's also a great honor to be in the Hall of Fame of your podcast. <laughs> thank you very much, Bonsai. I'm looking forward to see us together on the field again. Most definitely. That's the that's the definite thing. Uh, ladies and okay. gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in on our today's podcast. I really hope you took a lot of value in today's podcast. And besides that, have a great day. Bye bye.